It's the story that doesn't go away. For 18 months now, trade has hung over every conversation about the economy, politics, and Wall Street. The U.S. and China are jockeying for dominance, and stocks are caught in the crossfire, along with businesses and consumers. But now the trade war is about to get a lot more real. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. Today, we're joined by Avi Saltzman, who's been covering the trade war for Barron's since early last year. Hey, Avi. Hey, Alex. Let's just cut right to the chase. Who's currently actually winning the trade war? I think that's a tough question. I think the U.S. could have a better argument for being the winner right now. The Chinese economy is a bit more of a mess than the U.S. economy. The U.S. economy is no great shakes either. It's not terrible, but, uh, you know, it's growing at a somewhat tepid rate right now. Chinese economy just had its worst quarter in at least 27 years. And this was always set up in a way that China sort of had more to lose, right? Right. I mean, Chinese exports are a lot higher than U.S. exports to China. So the Chinese always had more at risk, several hundred billions more than the U.S. had to lose. That said, China has a lot of other arrows in its quiver in this fight as well. I think that the U.S. may not have realized quite how quickly China could implement other changes that would impact our market, which is what happened last week. Is a currency war the next front in the U.S.-China trade war? Well, that's what some investors fear after China allowed the yuan to drop to its lowest level in a decade. A surprise move by China slammed stocks on Wall Street Monday. All three indexes suffered their worst one-day percentage decline since December. On Monday, the U.S. government formally declared China a currency manipulator. That's a mostly symbolic action, but it is likely to raise tensions between the two economic giants. Right. So last week, even though this trade war has been going on for basically a year and a half now, there did seem to be something of a turning point last week in the way stocks reacted. What was that kind of big moment? So China has basically been propping up its currency. You know, Donald Trump has basically said that China has been weakening its currency. But in fact, it's, it's uh, a lot of economists say they've been propping up their currency so that it doesn't get too weak. Well, last week, they simply decided, no, we're not going to prop it up on Monday, just on one day. Uh, and it, you know, it fell below a key level. And the U.S. stock market flinched in a big way. You know, the Dow fell 760 points. I think people realize that if the Chinese want to devalue their currency or allow it to devalue, their goods are suddenly be going to become a lot cheaper and American goods are going to have more trouble competing. And the way I read this, essentially, they were sort of sending a message that you can add these tariffs, but we're going to let our currency weaken, which effectively offsets the tariff. Was that kind of the idea? That's one way of looking at it. I think that, you know, the Chinese are not, were not being super aggressive. They were simply letting, you know, letting the rate fluctuate. But there's an understanding now that the Chinese government can really impact the U.S. market. You know, we think the U.S. market is so dominant. You know, all of a sudden, we had one of our largest drops of the year on another country simply tweaking one little rate. And if this is truly a negotiation, if you believe that, this was kind of like just one more, they played one more card. Right. Yeah, the cards start getting a little trickier now. You know, it's a, the tarot cards start coming up with scarier faces on both sides now. 
this kind of action, you know, you can quantify a tariff, say it's 10% of a few hundred billion dollars. It's very large, but it's not, you know, earth shattering. But if China changes its currency, if the U.S. completely closes off its market to Chinese investors, things get serious in a big hurry. And that's what might start happening now. Of course, on Tuesday, the Trump administration seemed to already be lowering the temperature a little bit, right? President Trump announcing he'll delay his tariff threat on $300 billion worth of Chinese goods until December 15th on cell phones, laptop computers, toys and footwear. Yeah, I think the announcement Tuesday that they were going to delay a large portion of the tariffs uh, was some indication that Trump administration is flexible on this, understands that it could really hurt consumers. I did notice that the tariffs that did not get delayed and will still likely go into effect September 1st include tracksuits, some of your favorite weekend wear. No, that's your favorite. That's, I mean, look, I enjoy the tracksuits, but, you know, iPhones are delayed till December 15th under the idea that if people want to buy them for Christmas, Apple will be able to import them before the holiday. It still indicates, though, that the U.S. is looking to increase the pressure on China. Yeah. So the threats are not going away. It's just some of them are delayed and consumers might not have to worry right now. But in a couple months, they're probably going to get the same hit. So just to sum up, we have two lists now for these consumer 10% tariffs, right? Some of them go into effect September 1st. Some of them go into effect December 15th. But they're pretty much all still there. Right. The administration says that they're going to eliminate some tariffs. Uh, For now, it it does look like the majority of what we've seen will go into effect, again, either on September 1st or on December 15th. So it's still going to be a big hit. And that was enough, of course, to send stocks soaring once again on Tuesday. The S&P was up 1.5%. So I, I guess maybe investors are seeing some flexibility here and seeing it as a possibility that these tariffs never happen uh, or that the delay becomes more indefinite. Right. I'm sure that's a hope of a lot of investors. If you're a business owner, though, I mean, this is a huge conundrum, right? If you're planning on shifting your supply chain, say, to Vietnam, uh, you're now dealing with a delay. Maybe you're thinking, hey, maybe let's keep our uh, supply chain in China for the time being. But, you know, it creates a real uncertainty. And that's probably in the longer term what hurts the economy in the U.S. if people can't make big business decisions. And... It's increasingly hard to separate politics from trade these days, particularly as we get closer to the 2020 election. What were you hearing from folks in reporting your story about how the next presidential election could affect the trade decisions? Yeah, I think it's hard to prognosticate that far. uh, But certainly people think that it doesn't get solved in the near term. I think that it goes into 2020. I think we are more aggressive economic rivals with China for the foreseeable future. You know, if there is an end, it's not for several years. Even if a short-term deal is signed, there are going to be all sorts of clauses in it that are hard to verify. So, you know, the U.S. says China steals our intellectual property. It's not so easy to simply say they are or are not doing that at any given time. I think there may be actors on both sides doing things that don't quite fit within the lines of the deal. And there's going to be a rivalry that's only going to heat up over the next decade. The Democratic candidates are not exactly backing away from China either. I think that 
the trade war will continue almost regardless of who gets elected. Will it be different if a Democrat gets elected? Probably, but I, I can't imagine that there's going to be some easy answer to this one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to think that this trade war and trade with China is almost is kind of one of the few bipartisan, almost bipartisan topics in Washington these days, right? It is odd. Really, the Washington consensus was towards pretty free trade, even if there was some dissent, I think that was an outlier. Now, I think the, the consensus is, you know, there's going to be more tariffs of some sort. There's going to be more restrictions of some sort, almost regardless. So that's a pretty fascinating shift in only about three years. One other thing I wanted to talk about is, other than trade, probably the topic, at least in our newsroom, that's gotten the most attention in the last few months is interest rates. And those two now seem more and more intertwined. The Federal Reserve talks about needing interest rate cuts because of the trade war and the potential pain for the economy. But to the same degree, I think the president feels emboldened to continue with the trade war, knowing that perhaps the Fed will be forced to cut rates. So is this sort of a a cycle that we're in now? And uh, I mean, is there a way that 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 gets broken? Or or is one enabling the other, would you say? Uh, You know, I think that's debatable. I think the Fed mostly is responding to employment and inflation. But there's no question they're bringing up the global economy more. And I think that, you know, that's a new thing that hasn't been mentioned as much. So is there anyone putting a stop on this whole thing? Not really. I mean, Congress doesn't seem to want to, even though Congress has, you know, quite a bit of power over trade under the Constitution, they don't seem to want to touch this. Uh, So Trump pretty much is going to do what he wants. You know, the question is, you know, what will China do? More so what, than what will happen internally in the U.S. It's, it's what will China do and will it cause some change in our policy? But right now, there doesn't, there doesn't seem an obvious end. Okay. As stocks were selling off last week, you were on the phone with some investors who were, were looking and maybe finding a few ports in the storm. What are they? Yeah, I think that people are definitely looking for some way to hide right now. uh, One investor I talked to really likes cybersecurity companies like CyberArk Software and Palo Alto that, you know, make systems that can protect people when their uh, computers are attacked, et cetera, just give them some sense of security at a time when they're hacked seemingly every day. This is an area that isn't going to get cut because of a trade war is how he puts it. Another person, or actually it's the same guy like Procter & Gamble too, you know, the Crest Toothpaste Company, they obviously depend on international trade, but they've been already pretty good about navigating this problematic trade situation. So companies that have sort of figured out a way around the trade war seem to be one of the re- ways that people are playing this. I talked to another person who liked uh, Hermes, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> but, you know, I don't wear their clothes, but, you know. I see that shirt. <laughs> no, I think this is uh, Old Navy. Yeah. <laughs> I think companies that uh, have a brand that can persevere in this type of situation. But and probably it, some pricing power to raise right. prices. I mean, you're going to pay more for Hermes shirt. Right. 10% might not matter to you. Yeah, exactly. So I think people sort of have to look at their portfolios. I think in general, people are getting a little more defensive, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you have any cash needs in the next two years. I think, you know, it does make sense to to be a little more defensive right now, maybe even put a little more in cash. But, you know, I, I think that it really depends on sort of your investment holding period. Got it. 
All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Avi. Thanks a lot, Alex. To read Barron's latest coverage of the trade war, check out this week's magazine and, of course, barrons.com. I'm Alex Yule. The Readback is produced by Meta Liptoft. We'll return next week. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.